0: Welcome to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach Greg Kennedy. There is Adam Godette scoring your game winner in the shootout. The Sens beat Vancouver by a count of 4-3. to three. Fairly gratifying for one Adam Godette scoring against the team that drafted him. So that was the last game the Sens had played and we got lots to get to today. We're going to talk to Drake Batherson here in a second. We'll get into the Eugene Melnick story in The Athletic. The Athletic publishing a story this week that outlined the late Eugene Melnick's time as owner of the Ottawa Senators. Had a few new stories in there that uh, I think rankled a few folks, but uh, that's all coming up today. We'll talk some prospects as well. Greg, how are things with you today?
1: Things are good, Stephen. I'm a little disappointed there's only, what, five games left? What are, what are we going to do? How are, Other than the leaf watch that's only going to last a week and a half until they're eliminated, I don't know what I'm going to do after that. I thank God for the Blue Jays.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm yeah, the Blue Jays are off to a hell of a start for sure. One thing we can all do is go to sensnationhockey.com because Blue Team Elimination Watch t-shirts are going on sale next week. Again, a tradition unlike any other. Huh? How about that? <laughs> so, that's something. But yeah, it's uh we've gone this is our this will be our third off season, so we've muddled through before. There always seems to be something going on in Sensland, is it not? for sure i I, and this is going to be a
1: big off season i'm i'm looking forward to some some nice contract announcements i'm looking forward to seeing the draft the free agent season uh of course we still got five
0: games to get through but the off season is going to be pretty busy here in ottawa i think all right but let's begin today with our weekly visit from Sens winger drake batherson of course is brought to you by our good friends at jim k ford they should be your good friends too ladies and gentlemen and We find our man today in lovely downtown Columbus, Ohio. How are you, Drake?
2: Hey guys, I'm doing good. Uh, good to be back on the show.
0: Isn't Columbus a beautiful city?
2: Oh yeah, it's awesome. Have you been to the Jack um, Nicholas Museum yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm I trying to figure out something to do this afternoon, so we'll we'll see. Maybe I'll go there. Okay.
0: Is there a hockey podcast in North America that brings up Jack Nicholas more than we do, Drake? Holy <laughs> sorry, cow! Sorry, sorry.
2: <laughs> you are a big fan. Have you been to the Columbus Zoo, Drake? No, I love zoos though. Actually,
1: that's one of the top ten in the world, right there in Columbus, my friend. For real? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Huh? Get there. Wow, I'm going to search that up when we're down here. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> something to do. Like, what is your like? Is this uh, is this typical? Like, you're just gonna on off days like we're. We're recording this on Thursday, April 21st. So, no game today. Yeah. Another one uh, coming up in Columbus on Friday night. Like, what is a typical off day for you between games when you're on the road?
2: Yeah, so like um today we had practice at 10:30 so we're out of the rink by before noon. Um a few of us went and grabbed lunch and then um yeah, you get the rest of the day to do whatever you want, honestly, until the next morning. So, um I like to just go get my legs going, maybe go to a mall, a mall or something. Just shop around, Um, not necessarily buy anything, but just to just to kill time or go to a movie or say we're in a city where there's an NBA team, maybe go watch a basketball game, something like that. So uh, but I I've yet to find something to do today. So uh, any ideas, maybe the zoo, we'll see. There you go. There you go. I know it's,
1: it's Dougie Hamilton who goes to all the art museums and cultural places and stuff. Have you heard about oh. that? guy? Guys are chirping. Every teammate he's ever had has chirped him hard about that. He's in a standoffish guy or something.
2: <laughs> Safe to say you won't find me in one of those, but <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll stick to the zoo.
0: <laughs> well, you're certainly comfortable in the spotlight, that's for sure, because I'm thinking about that goal the other night in the win in Vancouver game on the line, it's the shootout. And if you don't score, the Sens lose, but you did score. You kept it alive and then Godette wins it later on in the shootout. Can you give the listener a sense of what it's like taking a do or die shot like that in the NHL?
2: Yeah. I mean, I remember um, taking shootouts in midget and junior, how nervous I was. And then even like my first couple of years pro still so nervous and, like last year we had no fans, a few shootouts. I'm still nervous. And then I don't know, this year I've just felt more comfortable, I guess. Um, I guess that comes with confidence and I feel like as a player you want to be put in those positions and um when you have success, you know, like I did, like keeping it alive the other night, it just kinda of gives you that confidence going forward that you've done it before. And say I get in a position like that down the road again, um, you just know you can do it, I guess. So um i mean you look at guys like patty kane and those guys are like 50 percent in their career in the shootout it's uh it's unbelievable it's a pretty hard thing to do and i haven't been that great at it honestly throughout my pro career but um you know trying to get better
1: now how much of a pre-scouting report do you get are you a guy who wants that or do you just want to go in and shoot i'm sure some guys want something like that other guys don't care what's your your take on that
2: yeah we're actually lucky our goalie coach um so there's two iPads in the room before the game. One is like on their centerman to see what they do on faceoffs. And then the other one's for the goalie. It shows all the goals that have gone in on the goalie and then it'll show breakaway goals and then shootout goals at the end. And I one of my superstitions before the game, I always watch it just, just in case, you know, you get a breakaway. Um probably should have just hand it over to Formington. I feel like he should get three or four breakaways tonight. But no, uh I know I was lucky enough to get back the other night in the shootout and um watched the video actually before the game and seen the guy do that kind of exact same move and I just knew right away I'm going to try and do that and lucky enough I won in.
0: Is Formington right there with the fastest players in the NHL. I mean I remember your chirp fest when they mic'd you up Yeah, and you said something along the lines of you might be the fastest guy in the NHL today bud.
2: Yeah. I I honestly think he is. Um I've been around him now since my first development camp. Um and right away at 18, I believe he played like eight or nine games before going back to junior, and he was just flying by guys in camp and playing them at the World Juniors, same type of thing, and then obviously I played, and this is my third year in a row playing with him now, and I've seen him get so many breakaways just using that speed, and um, it's always nice having guys on your team like that. It creates uh, a lot of open ice and um, space for his other line mates too. So, no, I would definitely say he's, uh, he's in the top five for sure in the league. For sure I'd put money on it. Yeah. You got to
1: pick up the slack if you're going to keep playing with him and Timmy Stew there. That's a lot of speed.
2: I know. I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to have a lot of track sessions this summer, just to, uh, trying to get my speed up to keep up to those two. Those guys are are flying out there.
0: <laughs> by which, by the way, which one of you has the garbage truck backing up through your room it's right not now? not me with all that you know, with all that beeping going on. Yeah, What's that, happening there?
2: That's me, unfortunately. I got a, <laughs> a fifty store story building going up next door here. They, uh, I geez. heard him at six a.m. this morning too.
0: Oh, nice. Uh, so where is your headspace right now as we enter the final week of your hockey season until the fall?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I've, I've just missed so much time. I feel like I have so much more to to give this year, um, hockey-wise, definitely not bored of it. I missed, you know, 40-some games. So uh, I'm still really excited going to the rank and playing, um, like most guys are. It's obviously a huge privilege to play in this league. But, you know, sometimes this time of year when you're out of it, it's tough to to you know, get going, but you know, I think we got, uh, you know, the right guys in our team. We're, we're all pretty, pretty young and looking, looking forward to the future. So we're just trying to get better, honestly. And, um, you know, it's fun winning games the other night after the game, when we won to makeovers, it was, it was, uh, you know, a great feeling. So if we can continue to do that throughout the rest of the year, um, you know, we got a back to back coming up in Columbus and then against Montreal at home, which will be awesome. So, um, you no, know, there's, there's lots of, um, excitement in the room for sure.
1: Now, have you got a call, a hockey Canada call yet? You're waiting for that. You're hoping for that. You express interest in that or you wait. How's that work?
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm waiting. I think, I don't know when the exact date, I feel like I got uh no when they let me know last year, I think it was like the second last game of the year they called me or something. So hopefully I'll know here soon. Um, obviously I'd love to get up op- the opportunity to go and, you know, seeing DJ get named and, um, I think a few of our staff are going to, um, uh, training staff and medical nice. guys. So, uh, obviously would feel really comfortable going and knowing, uh, the staff. So yeah, hopefully get the call and see what happens.
0: Yeah. Is the comfort level there right now? I mean, you know, you've got, you've come off the high ankle sprain, which some people say can linger and then you've lost the weight with the stomach flu. Like how would you describe your health and fitness right now?
2: Yeah, I guess that was uh, the only question point about the the worlds would be if, you know, my ankle was good enough to go on. So far so good. And the ankles had no problems. Um I think I've had maybe two tweaks since the since the injury started. So uh which is nothing I've heard to other guys and it's way worse. And yeah, with losing ten pounds it was tough um coming off that. I mean just I feel like if anyone lost ten pounds, they'd feel a little different for a while until they got it back. And then, you know, when we lose ten pounds, we're—it's not like we're sitting around. We're, out, you know, burning calories every day, practice and playing games. So, mm-hmm. it's tough um, at this point of the season to get that weight back on. But um, safe to say, I've been—I've been treating myself to some food.
1: And on the injury front, I hear uh, Timmy Stutzla didn't skate this morning. Uh, precautionary or something going on there, or, or are you yeah, allowed to I- say?
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, just precautionary. I think, uh, you know, we play so many games and, uh, a week and whenever you can get a time, even if it's a 30 minute skate off, um, guys will take it if something's nagging them. But um, talking to him, he wants to play and uh, the rest of the year. And I think he, he's going to world championships, too. So mm-hmm. um, he wants to get geared up for that. So I'd expect him to be playing. Um, I think he's played through worse, so uh, he'll still be flying out there.
0: Good. Yeah. All right. Well, we like to close you out with something fun. Uh, we've been doing listener questions the last couple of visits with you. I thought we'd mix it up today and I'm springing this on you. I apologize. I haven't mentioned this to you ahead of time. He's not apologizing we do. at all. Sir. No, I'm not really. You'll yeah. be fine. Uh, but it's trivia about your team, the current Ottawa Senators. Jeez. All right. Three questions. Let's see how you fare. Uh-oh. Okay. There are two guys who've played at least one game for the Ottawa Senators this season who this are season. from Ottawa. Can you name one?
2: Um so Sinition would be one.
0: Yeah, Shaka Laka. Starting you out easy because of course he was here for a game just uh this week. Oh wow. Do you know the other?
2: The other one.
0: There you go. You get you got it before I gave you the clue too. Yeah hundred percent mark there. Yeah. Um here's another one. Who's the only player on the team this year? If I'm, unless I miss my guess, I think he is. Who's the only player on the team this year,
2: born in the 1980s? 1980s. Um, Nick
1: Holden. Uh, Let me double would, check that would
0: on be, that. I, that would be my guess. Maybe that I blew that three, one. I
2: want to say three, four.
0: Ah, jeez, I missed him. Damn it! What a terrible quizmaster I am.
2: <laughs> Another guy with uh, he, Tyler Ennis.
0: Tyler Ennis is the one I grabbed, and there I missed go. holding all together. Yeah. You think if I was going to miss somebody? It'd be Tyler Ennis. What is he? Five foot tall. Anyway, um, <laughs> lastly, this is a super easy one too. Name the only forward who's played more than thirty games with a plus minus above zero. Um, myself. There you go. There's something <laughs> to hold over the that, fellas' heads right there. Knows, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, that was the. Uh selfish of me to see myself right away but
0: (laughs) every guy knows their stats right
2: yeah i mean i love checking out before the game we get those booklets on the other team so i'm always you know seeing who's hot and who's cold for them and obviously our stats are in there so you always have a little peek at them but yeah i'm a i'm a big stats guy so i know i know a lot of that stuff
0: Well, Greg hey. tracks his goals and assists from his beer league, so got them on, got them up on the fridge there. It's great. I think uh, that's I, that's an indication that the the quiz questions could be more difficult next time, Steve. I think so. I yeah. think so. We eased into it, and our next visit, ladies and gentlemen, will be the swan song, I guess. Uh, the season will have come to a close. So Friday night sends at Columbus, and then the fall, the I guess the season finale is a week right after that. So uh, it's a coming. So we'll call it quits there. Drake, we really appreciate you being with us once again, courtesy of Jim K. Ford, and we'll talk to you next week.
2: Awesome. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, watching. Yeah, no worries, boys.
0: Reignite your love for driving with a new Ford from Jim K. Ford. Take a test drive today and see all of the latest innovations available for new Ford vehicles. At Jim K. Ford, you can also custom order your next Ford vehicle to ensure you get the exact vehicle you want at the right time and get a factory order bonus on select new Ford models. Jim K. Ford, Uville Drive in Orleans or jimkford.com. So let's jump in today. Some Sens prospect news. You were noticing Andre Kuzmenko may not be heading to the Ottawa Senators. That seemed to be almost a fait accompli when it popped up as a possible news item about three, four months ago. This is a KHL scoring star, 53 points in 45 games. And I guess people put two and two together that, okay, the Sens are interested and their are old, because uh, Mako's old teammate, Artem Zub, is here. So it's a natural maybe that he ends up in Ottawa, but you're hearing some other things. Yeah, I
1: don't know how I strongly I trust the sources, but apparently uh, it looks like it's going to be Edmonton which kind of sucks. You think he, if he has any, well, maybe he's used to winters in Russia and he's okay with going to Edmonton, but I think he'd rather be in Ottawa, wouldn't he?
0: Yeah, I would think it's a good opportunity, but um, more and more. I mean, with every season that passes, the Sens get a little thicker, a little deeper at the forward position, but uh, I I still think there might be room for for the idea of Kuzmenko. I never am sure how things will translate from going from the KHL to the NHL. We see all kinds of NHL guys go over there that couldn't cut it here. What was his name? DaCosta, for example. Bochensky, for example. There's a couple of former senators who couldn't cut it here, and then they go over there and they're stars. So it's hard to know. Yeah, I mean, if, he could, if, if you
1: could guarantee with a crystal ball we knew that he was going to produce in the NHL the way he's produced over there this past season, he'd be a perfect fit to slide into that top six role that we all love to talk about so much. But as you say, there's no guarantee and uh, you know, if it if it's not him, then let's just hope there's they're they're out there and they do their they do their work and find somebody to
0: fill in that spot. Zach Ostapchuk in the news, not just from a scoring standpoint, but also from the standpoint of that guy can fight. So a game this week, Seattle was taking on Zach Ostapchuk and the Vancouver Giants. Ostapchuk and the Giants are down six to nothing in the game, and for some reason, Ostapchuk decides to. Square off against a guy named Matthew Rempe. Rempe is a six foot seven, 250 pound player, a year older than Ostapchuk. So when you hear the fight breakout, the play by play guy, Vancouver's play by play guy, the first thing he says is, uh oh. <laughs> and then Ostapchuk proceeds to just blow everybody away and kind of in a David and Goliath sort of manner. Gets him right on the button with a couple of big rights. And Rempe is down in a heap. Ostapchuk skates off. Um, nobody said when they were putting together last year's draft analysis that the Sens' second rounder was able to basically open up a can of whoop-ass at will.
1: <laughs> it's a nice little bonus. And the guy's sure. scoring, too. He's, he's leading that team. Um, granted, not a very strong club. But uh, 14 goals in his last 20 games. He leads the team with 26 goals. Now, again, not a glorious you'd think maybe the leading goal scorer would have 40 something, but still, the leading scorer on that team, a second round pick of the Senators, shows some toughness. He's not small. He's just smaller than a six foot seven behemoth that he, that he tuned in in a
0: fight. Um, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's more there than we all thought there was. Good skater. I remember him at rookie camp last year. He is a good skater. He was noticeable. There's some puck skill there. He got off to a slow start, so it is nice to see. I mean, the fight stuff aside, it's nice to see he seems to be finding his mojo a little. Zach an in the news as well. And the Sens brought him up for some reason from Belleville. He'd only had two points in his first 17 games as a member of the B Sens. And he comes up for a couple of games with the Sens. And, well, he really wasn't used very much, and that's fairly predictable coming up but they wanted to kick the tires. And I think that's sort of what this is all about. He got eight minutes against Seattle. He got four minutes against the Canucks. So I I don't know that anything's changed, but it is a neat thing that a local kid got a chance to play for the team he grew up cheering for.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the nice part of it, right? Uh, the, the nice part of the story is that a local kid gets a chance to play. Uh, I, uh, emphasis on chance. I don't know how much of a chance that is. Uh, but it, it's commonplace here with it's commonplace with most teams. You bring a guy up and you bring a guy up to play on your third or fourth line, regardless of the type of player he is. You know, that, that's what makes it difficult. Even sometimes you bring up the leading scorer from the Belleville team. And you still end up putting them on the third or fourth line. It's strange. It just seems to be the way things work. It's that somebody else gets elevated. Like if a top line guy is injured, somebody from the second line gets elevated and we call somebody up to play on the fourth line, regardless of what type of player he is. So it's just, you, you try to make the best of the opportunities when they come and who knows if he sticks around much longer. I know Catholic got called up again today. Uh, Stutzlip wasn't on the ice at practice. I think Colin White is still out, right? So there's there's uh there's a couple spots there. Maybe we'll wait and see what the lineup's like uh tomorrow night.
0: Sinitian is down. We'll see if uh he's needed again. Right. Don't know. But as you mentioned, Kastelik is up and Sanishan will always have a neat photo, if nothing else, of the Ottawa mm-hmm. Senators posing in a right after the game is over, the franchise's one thousandth victory. That was kind of cool, though I don't I always wonder about that. It's like 1,000 games won in – the team's been around now for over 30 years, so it's not uh, – that's sort of where I'd expect them to be. I'm not sure that qualifies as an achievement so much as just being around for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's one of those lengthy ones. Okay, we've been around long enough. We finally got to this number. I don't think they were counting it down with a with numbers on the walls of the offices there every day down at the CTC. Yeah. Okay, we're at five, <laughs> four, three. You know, we're getting close. Oh, you know, it's not something that's a big celebration, just a, a milestone more than
0: anything, right? Well, let's get to it. The Eugene sure. Melnick story. Uh the athletic went at the three week mark. And, uh, well, no, it was it was actually 17 days. Mm-hmm. 17 days after the passing of Eugene Melnick, The Athletic, led by Ian Mendez, Katie Strang, and another writer whose name escapes me, I apologize. They published a story that outlined the late Eugene Melnick's time as owner as of the Senators. There are a bunch of news stories in there that showed the owner behaving anywhere from a, an appalling manner to a bizarre manner. And my my thought, Greg, is that Sens fans in reaction to this broke off into three groups in their opinion of it. And I'm keen to get your opinion of which camp you fall in, or maybe you're in a fourth camp. I think one is some people applauded the opportunity to hear new stories, you know, like the Melnick out crowd. They were like, okay, they want, they just can't get enough. Others felt like they were already in possession of a thousand negative stories about Melnick and weren't really phased by somebody throwing a few more on the pile. And others felt like it was simply too soon for a story like that. So soon after his passing. And I, I'm honestly, it sounds like a cop out, but I think I'm, I understand all camps to be honest. Where are you?
1: Uh, it's Dan Robson, by the way, to give credit where credit is due. Um, right. Yeah. I like, I, I, I see your point. You're, you're right. I I look at it and I say, all right, if this is the wrong time to do it, what's the right time to do it? That, that enters into it. Uh, I know that they spent, I want to say 18 months. (laughs) This thing has been brewing and working on it and they were about 95% complete and ready to print just before Mr. Melnick passed. Um, after the passing things changed in certain points of the story, certain things went into the story that weren't in the story, obviously before he died. Um, I, I don't have a problem with it coming out when it came out, because if it didn't come out now, what's the right time. If it comes out later, it's, it's, it's too late. I think, um, I think that what the the biggest thing is too many people are upset about the people that are upset about the timing of it are losing perspective on the things that are in the story, right? Like if these things happened, workplace abuse that's relevant. Whether he's alive or not alive, whether it happens now or next week, whether it comes out now or through two months from now, that's relevant th- stuff, and that needs to be out there. And I think that's the important part of it. And anybody who reacts to it as with immediately saying, "Oh God, they're tramping all over his grave. He just passed away," I, I understand that, but you're losing sight of the important stuff here. You're losing sight of of the the concrete. Uh, matter
0: that is that is covered in this article. I think at the crux of it, when you're talking about not waiting long enough, I think uh, it's such a gray area when when you talk about bereavement and, and the etiquette of things, because everyone's different. What's appropriate to you might be offensive to somebody else. And you raise an important point. This was never a case of, you know, now that he's gone, we can safely tell the full story um, no, they were working on this feature for a year and a half. Who could look at Ian Mendez and his career and mm-hmm. say, that guy's vindictive? That guy's looking to stick it to somebody. No, he was into it with the best intentions to tell the truth, shine a spotlight on what is basically this century's Harold Ballard. And I feel like, you know, you need to tell these stories. There's part of me that says, yeah, okay, a lot of it gets canceled because he passed away. You know, you're looking for accountability from someone who's not living any longer. So I I understand the emotions of that. It's a difficult thing for sure. But, you know, I think about the people that were victims of that, of his behavior. Um, You don't want them to not be heard. You want their story to be told. It's important. And I think you also want the next owner to be able to learn from everything that's happened here, but it is a, a difficult one for sure, because, um, it's when death is involved and and people are still in are still grieving. Uh, it's tough, but truth and transparency and respect for everyone, I think that that's got to trump things in this case. Exactly, I mean it's, it's it's the times we live in too, right? Like you don't
1: shove things under the rug, you don't let things just lay and hope they get better. That doesn't happen. You only you need to look no further than the Chicago Blackhawks. Look at how ticked people were that nothing was done at the time. Well, here's some things that happened, and apparently one was even filed an official grievance with the NHL, and nothing seems to have come of it. I think that's something that needs to be questioned. For all the sort of answers to some of the things that people have wondered about for years that that were answered, raised, and answered in this article, I have just as many questions. You know, how was this allowed to happen? How was that allowed to happen? How come this wasn't addressed? there were incidents, there were things that went on that are just wrong. And I think that has to come to light. And I don't think there's a calendar on that.
0: There's also, there's an issue that's popped up out of this story that I feel, I feel like I'm in bed with in that a lot of people are saying the local media wasn't doing their jobs when it came to Melnick, right? The, I heard the word cowardice thrown around quite a bit, which I think crosses the line, to be honest. Um, I was part of the media through the entire Melnick era as owner of this team. And I think there was some level of fear going on here. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I know that he told a TV reporter he was going to end their career because he didn't like the line of questioning in a media scrum. And uh, you know, there was one reporter who was told he couldn't be on the airplane anymore And one reporter lost accreditation because of what was being written. If you have, because people say, okay, well, if you got proof, what do you care? Why are you afraid? So if you had all this proof to back up some story about Melnick, that may be negative, do you want to run it and have him ban you from the team? Like like I say, Melnick's done that before. Do you, do you want to get sued by Melnick? Did that to Rick Gibbons in the whole sense foundation Mm. storyline too. Do you want that? Um, and he's done that lots of times, suing people. And and the final part of that is, do you have faith that your your employer that's been spending the last ten years freely laying off hundreds of your colleagues across the country? Do you have really do you have faith that your employer is going to support and shield you from that guy's volatility? And so when it comes down to, do I wake up in the morning and uh, you know say, okay, I'm going to take on Melnick today? Is that is that a battle? You want to take on? Yeah, and it, it, you need to look no further than,
1: it, and it's not just TSN. It Like, has, has Rogers, like, Hockey Night in Canada didn't even discuss it. You would think in the after 40 or whatever they call that now, the second intermission or something, it never came up. Um, yeah. It's never, it hasn't, nobody's discussed it on TSN television, TSN radio. You got a brief comment um, via a, a, a tweet from Pierre Lebrun. Um, you had a It was somebody else who said something, but like go back to the Arizona story when it broke on the athletic, like that was hours and hours and hours of talk radio, of television, of everything going on. And imagine if this was the Steinbrenner days in New York, like the boys would be talking about on the radio all day. It, it, It would be a main topic for every talk show, but it's difficult. I don't know whether it's coming from the top or it's just people making that decision as you just outlined, making the decision on your own that I don't want to risk things by discussing this. Or is it somebody at the top saying, no, we're not even going to discuss this story.
0: Yeah. it was a case of Eugene Melnick wanting to control the message and kept, you know, basically running himself into bad situations. And then when the media would report on it, he'd be bitter about that. Like, well, what did you expect them to do? And so- he eventually got frustrated. He started trying to control the message. And it's been that way for years. Like right now, um, this, in Ottawa, Bruce Garyok seems to be the only guy who has access to him. I don't know the reason for that. And then the only other Ottawa guy I can think of that's landed an in interview in the last five years is Mark Borowiecki. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. I uh, had to do that. But uh, That was funny. And then you got Bob McCowan. Who's got, who had Melnick on, on speed dial all those years as well. And that will morph nicely into the conversation that Bob McCowan had on his show today. And Graham Nichols, friend of the show from Roman A Day, summarized the thing nicely for us. He says uh, on the Bob McCowan podcast, they talked about it today. I didn't hear it, but I'll use Graham's summary here, which is quite good. John Shannon on the Bob McCowan podcast says the timing of the Athletic Melnick article sucks and called it character assassination. Shannon indicated that the piece took the trio 18 months to write. McCowan and Shannon didn't like the timing of it. And uh, another person on the show defended the piece. Shannon said there wasn't enough balance to the story, focused too much on the negative, relied too much on anonymous sources. Anyway, McCowan hasn't read the piece, but he said Melnick was nuttier than a fruitcake. That's a quote. Relays a story that Melnick once told him that he wanted to draft a team of only Canadians. McCowan says he's suspicious of the Ottawa media because Melnick treated the radio show in Toronto much better than he did the local guys. McCallan says he would find it very difficult to attack someone so soon after they passed away. I would ask the question as an aside here. You just said Melnick was nuttier than a fruitcake. That's that's a pretty strong attack. Anyway, he says he believes there's yeah. no point or upside to attacking someone ignores how those affected by mistreatment feels. And final from Graham, after listening to the segment, my takeaway is it's hilarious that the hosts of a radio program who repeatedly brought Eugene on in hopes of delivering crazy sound bites will choose to believe that things were normal behind the scenes. I think that's well summarized from Graham Nichols.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's he's bang on. You've you've got two guys in Toronto who made uh, headlines or got ratings for having the man on and probably would have had him on once a week if, if they could. Um, and, and always crazy things and off the cuff comments and, and then turn to turn around and say, they act as though the man was an angel and they can't believe any of this. And, and to say it's um, unnamed sources and anonymous sources. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're dealing with people who don't want to necessarily get their name out there for fear of losing their job. But um, I don't know if you've listened to any of of Ian on the podcast that he's been on to discuss the story. I mean, he double-checked, triple-checked, quadruple-checked. He was talking the other day about he heard a story that uh, Eugene Melnick once paid somebody money that he owed them. He paid them in pennies. This has been a story that has floated around in Ottawa for years, and Ian had heard it many times but didn't put it in the story because he, it, it, despite digging and digging and digging, he couldn't find anybody who actually says, yes, it was so-and-so, and then he went to so-and-so, and, and the guy said, yes, he paid me in pennies. So that tells me if he's going to that extent to confirm or deny what he's hearing, trust me, he he, all these sources uh, were fully investigated and double, triple, quadruple checked before anything was put in that story.
0: So the latest story is that there are names starting to come forward. The media is curious. The fans are curious. What next? And there are others who are saying that's, that too is too soon to be wondering about. But I think it was CTV here in Ottawa that went to Roger Greenberg from OSEG. They, of course, own the Red Blacks in the 67s. Asked him the question Would you and OSEG have any interest in some level of ownership partnership moving forward if it came to that? I thought Greenberg handled it very well. He kept using the Mm -hmm. caveat of, well, I mean, we're not even at that stage yet. It's kind of cart before the horse to even be talking about it. The family hasn't decided what they want to do yet, but he did admit that he might be game to be part of something if it came to that, if it came to that. What do you think of Roger Greenberg and Oseg jumping in if that were to be the case?
1: Well, I think, did did you actually see the interview? when When the man spoke? he spoke with a, with a, with a bearing, with a, with a presence, you know, he, he spoke like a true uh, upper management professional person, the way he spoke and he addressed the question again, the first thing he said was, well, you know, at this point, we don't know that anybody's willing to sell anything, but if they are, yes, we would be interested And all of his comments. It's so eloquently. Uh, I mean, it was beautiful. Um, It just he came across like a true professional and somebody that, yeah, I I could get behind this guy and and brings a certain bearing to the position. And I'd love to see them involved. But again, it comes down to what the daughters want to do. I would think that there's apparently there's at least there's a lot of money in debt here. So do they have the wherewithal to cover the debts to run the business? I don't know. They may be in a position where they have to sell, but who knows? We'll wait and see but uh Roger Greenberg and Oseg and there's all kinds of other groups out there including groups involving former players so there's uh there's no shortage of people who want to be involved in some way shape or form if called upon or if presented with an opportunity and all of them would keep the team in Ottawa which is great news
0: yeah i think there's three golden rules here one is the actual golden rule treat people the way you want to be treated effectively and then you've got the one you just mentioned because Gary Bem is not going to let anybody easily move this team from Ottawa. I want someone to, whoever the owner is, I want them to want to be in Ottawa. And the third thing is I want them to reinvest, spend appropriately. Don't continue to be mm-hmm. at the kids table. While all the other big grown-ups are over at the big boy table, anteing up appropriately while you're over here at the uh, buck a hand table. I don't, I just don't want to go through that again. So whoever that, whoever is willing to deliver those three angles, I'm all in. Including the existing people, right? Exactly. I I don't, you know what? Like,
1: seriously, does it really matter who owns the team? No. The name of the person, what business they come from, what their background is, it means nothing to me. Actions speak louder than words. What you do, how you spend money, how you hire and fire, how you perform as an owner is far more important than who you are, where you come from, what sex you are, what age you are. I don't care about any of that. Just what you're doing.
0: Well said. We'll call it quits right there. We enter the final week of the regular season, as we mentioned in our conversation with Drake Batherson. And thanks to Drake for coming on. And that's brought to you by Jim K. Ford, of course. The final week will include Sens in Columbus. That will be on Friday night. And then from there, it's the Habs in town for a Saturday night date. Hopefully, the Sens are just running around after Brendan Gallagher. I think Sens fans would enjoy that. The Devil's <laughs> at the Sens uh, on Tuesday. Panthers in Ottawa on Thursday, and then the Sens are in Philly to round it out next Friday. So that's the final week, ladies and gentlemen. That will do it for today's show. Don't forget our website is sensnationhockey.com. Greg, great show. We'll talk to you next time. For sure, Stephen. Have a good night. Thanks for being with us on the Jim K. Ford Sens Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share this show with your friends and followers or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SensNationHockey.com.